Welcome to a new episode of Blue Jay Bite. Now here's your host, my dad, Bryant Ott. Welcome to another edition of the Blue Jays Bites podcast, brought to you by whiteandbluereview.com. I am Bryant Ott, alongside Matt DeMoranis, live from Script Town Brewing. Thanks to the good folks, John and Jill, everybody at Script Town, for hosting us tonight, as usual, for another rousing rendition of the Blue Jays Bites podcast. Matt, lots happened uh, since we last podcasted. I know we had uh, we had kind of a lull down in the hardwood, um, but the men's basketball team got back in the swing of things, and now they go three pretty quick, three in a week, essentially, um, starting last Friday night against the rising Phoenix of Green Bay. There were uh, so many, like, rising puns with the <laughs> Phoenix. Going. Right. I wonder if there's, like, any other creative ways to say that. I don't think for so. For the Phoenix, yeah. No, this is my like my groove right now, man. When everything kind of like settles into a sport, just basketball, women's hoops, men's hoops, and you know volleyball's done, soccer's done. So it's like it's chill time. It's easy to settle into a groove now. It's not a uh, well, especially now that you know with finals being done, basketball starts to pick up. It's essentially every three to four days there's a game, right? Yeah. Um, certainly, if you look at the, both the men's and women's uh, schedules, kind of in that overlap look. Um, there's always something to talk about, always something either to break down, discuss, or preview. Um, and we'll do a little bit of both tonight. We're going to break down um, the Creighton Green Bay game. Um, I know that you did a lot of that already on the Blue Jay Beat postgame podcast with John Niatawa from the Omaha World Herald. So we'll talk about what you guys covered there and, and, and uh, promote that a little bit. And then we'll jump right into previewing uh, two games this week for the, for the men's side where the Blue Jays will head to Norman, Oklahoma to play Oklahoma. The Sooners host the Jays Tuesday night on ESPNU um, at 8 o'clock, and then the Jays come home for a quick turnaround against the Co College yeah, Eagles. It's Co College Week. Hashtag Co College Week. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Co OO. Um, <laughs> and uh, they have that game Thursday night, a home game, to get everybody a little bit of time. Um, so interested to, to talk about Oklahoma, interested to even look ahead a little bit to Co, although. Let's be honest, we're going to focus I most of our time on Oklahoma because I don't know anything about co-basketball. Co I know how to spell their name. So. <laughs> COE, baby. COE. Uh, and we'll talk Green Bay. And then on the women's side, I know they had a tough one against Florida State. Uh, dropped a uh, double-digit loss to the Seminoles over the weekend. But they, um, they have two games down in Orlando now this week um, in the, I don't know, like the Seminole Invitational or something like that. I don't no, know what it's called. Know what it's, it's, not called. Florida, it's not Florida State. It's something else. Yeah, I, I so I don't know. So I think Sunshine, the Sunshine Invitational, something that yeah. sounds way warmer than it is here. Um, <laughs> but, again, thank you for everybody listening to the Blue Jays Bites podcast. These are going really well. Got our audio situation figured out last last week, and it's sounding super to, uh, super so yeah, far this week. Yeah, props to Bryant. Props to the people at Script Town. For no, it's all John and Jill at Script Town making all this happen. So yeah. really appreciate um, what they've done. And, and to celebrate, we're going to host our first – uh, road game viewing party on New Year's Eve. Nice. Three o'clock tip, uh, Jays and Providence out at uh, the Dunkin' Donuts Arena. Arena? Center? Dunkin' uh, Donuts? Center. Center? I believe, okay. Yeah. The Dunk. Yeah, the Dunk. Jays will be spending New Year's Eve so with, you're with me Coach Ed Cooley. So we get day drinking and Jays basketball on yeah. New Year's Eve. Wow. Probably break, probably break the mics out. <laughs> probably. <laughs> No, we will because open mic, open mic open afternoon open with, the, with some uh, with some drunken Jays fans. Open mic. We'll, oh we'll give some awards for the best rendition of the white and the blue. We should just do a live stream of that. I think a Facebook live. Yeah, imagine the hits that. Imagine all the Russian trolls and what they'd be able to do with that shit. 
Um, yeah, so we're going to have live mic. We'll be giving out some Script Town swag that day. We'll be giving out some other Blue Jays gear, I think. I just said Blue Jays gear, so now i got to go buy some to give out. That's yeah, daunting. You got, we'll get away for Christmas. You probably got some wrapped probably up get some under stuff. the tree, maybe. Yeah, yeah. something. I mean, that's Santa, Santa right? take care of me. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and we're, we're going to host people here. Um, I, we'll, we'll have the Jays Friars game on all the TVs down here. We'll have a lot of Jays fans. Normally, uh, Script Town doesn't open until 4 o'clock, so they're going to actually open the doors early for us. So this is exclusive VIP yep. type shit for Jays fans on New Year's Eve afternoon. And it doesn't have to get in the way of whatever else you have planned that night. If you're going to drunkenly bar crawl down the Blackstone area, this is a great place to start. Yeah. Uh, if you've got uh, swanky dinner reservations with your loved one and you want to get an early buzz on and yell at the TV for a couple hours, they won't know. Just come down. It'll be fine. That's what Bryant will be doing. So <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. join him. So... We'll have that going for us on New Year's Eve afternoon, 3 o'clock. So make sure you come through. We'll have some stuff. John Schulte's in the house, everybody, from my little review. He brought me a gift. Wow. That is super. Thanks, he John. He wrapped it, too. Super. Whose um, name is on it? Is it mine? <laughs> oh, bummer. So, um, so that's going on. We'll have some more information out about that, too. So don't miss that. Our first away game viewing party at Script Town for men's hoops this season. I'm sure it won't be our last. Unless we break things, then they probably won't have us back. Yeah, so come, come energized, come excited, come yelling at some friars, but don't break anything. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. I'm bring, looking at you, bring, dude. You're the one that gets out of control. Bring, bring some friars. I'm, I'm the one that's out of control. <laughs> How about you're the one who has to sit we bring, behind opposing benches. Like should Jay we, Wright knows you by first name basis at this point. Oh, right? yeah. yeah like, should we get a Providence Friar pinata? I think we kind of should. My cousin is a Providence alum, Ooh. and he usually you know, wants to come hang out around New Year's Eve whenever they play each other. I'm like, nah. dude, I don't think you want to do that. Nah. But I mean, Go Friars! Strength, strength in numbers. Go, Go Friars! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go Friars! No, we're not going to do we that. We almost came to Omaha for that one last year, so. Nope. But, but backed out last minute wisely. Okay, Matt, what yeah. were your key takeaways from the Creighton-Green Bay game? Defe- defense, baby. Defense wins championships. Yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of stuff on social media before the game. Johnny Atawa, yourself, others breaking down how, statistically speaking, this was on pace to be Coach McDermott's worst defensive team, uh, kind of by a long shot. It felt like it, though. Oh, yeah. The numbers backed up what everybody kind of saw. Like, you know, the 103 to Gonzaga was like, you're like, okay, Gonzaga's talented. They could probably do that to people. But hey, man. 94 to Nebraska was like, whoa. And then you like go back into it and you're like, oh, man, four straight opponents have been over 50% from the field. It's one of and those. And I went, I was like, I wonder how many times that's happened under Mac. Like, I know Creighton hasn't been like a defensive juggernaut, but I don't think they've yeah. been a field goal percentage nightmare like that. So that was like the. F- Second time, I think it's like the more seven footers we've brought onto our roster, the higher our opposing (laughs) percentage has gone up. Which I'm not sure. You don't have to be Dikembe Mutombo every time, but I'm not sure that's correlate. Like that, that should happen. Uh, But I mean, systemically, is it because there are a lot of guys that are new to college hoops, to the program, to playing a lot, and it's more communication issues, or is it straight up like? athleticism issues like they can't get over and get around enough what what is it well my big picture question for the season is Creighton's kind of got a small lineup a rotation that they like to use and it's not very big sure um it's not very long even 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 in their wing you can have a wing dominated team and still have length to bother shooters Mm -hmm. I don't know if Creighton has that um so my question for the year is how is Creighton going to affect shooters uh, especially teams that you know don't mind having their space taken away and still can shoot over guys like you know the Nebraska game was Nebraska and Gonzaga I felt were 
were kind of examples of, of that concern playing out because I didn't think Creighton was, uh, you know, giving up wide open rhythm threes most of the night. They were just getting, you know, they were just a little bit short on the closeouts. The hand was a little short on the contest. And there wasn't, they weren't making shooters uncomfortable. Um, so my question is, I, I wonder going forward how uncomfortable they can make shooters with the lack of length on the perimeter. You know sure. what I mean? So There's no Kyrie Thomas walking through that yeah, door right. with his huge wingspan. So that's a, that's a concern of mine, and it's going to last all year um, because they're not going to get any taller. So what? <laughs> Merry Christmas! Yeah, here's two inches. So uh, I wish for that every single year. But there were still th- there were still things I felt like Creighton could do better. Um, certainly the closeouts they could you know just close out a little bit harder. They practiced them a lot, so they weren't they weren't they weren't closing out how they practiced. So that was one thing they could improve on. Sure. Um, getting the hand up to disrupt rhythm um, was another thing, and then obviously. You know, boxing out and grabbing defensive rebounds better than they had because they were atrocious in that area too. So there was a bunch of factors in why they were having poor results defensively. Um, you know, they weren't bothering shooters. They weren't taking away their rhythm. They weren't finishing possessions with defensive rebounds. Um, so all the things were like working against them. And the other thing was, uh, which is another staple of a Greg McDermott team, is they don't foul a lot. They don't put teams at the free throw line. And even though they made strides defensively against Green Bay, Green Bay still went to the line uh, more than 20 times, which is the seventh straight opponent, I think, that's done that. So that's the first time um, one of Max Creighton teams has allowed opponents to do that in seven games in a row. Yikes. So that's not a number they like to give up is 20 free throw attempts. So they got to learn. they got still got to make some improvements in playing without fouling, but they still got to maintain. So it's like a fine line. they got to maintain some aggressiveness uh, to bother shooters, but also not foul them at the same time. So... Um, yeah, there's still areas of improvement there, but I thought against Green Bay they made they made they looked better. You know they were they were really disruptive. I thought I thought a lot of Green Bay Green Bay has a lot of good shooters. Uh, you saw against Michigan State um, two nights later they they didn't have any problems shooting against Michigan State. Uh, they probably had problems guarding Michigan State, but <laughs> right. Um, you know they put up 83 against the Spartans. Uh, some of that was in garbage time, but early they were going early anyway. Um, but Creighton for the most part I think. They were at 0.79 points per possession, which is at the, by far the best on, on the season and the best since um, maybe DePaul last year going back. So that was a really good number to allow. Mm-hmm. Um, field goal percentage around 35%. That's amazing. Um, that's probably not going to happen too many nights, but right. it was still a good bounce-back performance considering how concerned they were about their defensive performance up to that point. Well, especially um, because they grabbed 80% of the defensive rebounds, which was the other thing. So, like – all the areas of the game that they were concerned about at that point of the season, they corrected at least in the short term on Friday against Green Bay, which is good to see. Well, and I know, too, I mean, the Green Bay in the first half shooting 40% from the field, almost 41%, and then they, the Jays, for whatever they did, and I, Coach Mack talked about it in the postgame radio show, too, they really tightened up things even, even with as – improved as they played defensively in the first half in spots they really tightened things up in the second half limiting green bay to 30 percent shooting in the second half green bay hit two of their final 18 shots right i mean they like really they closed they up. closed the game and on, like on the defensive end really well because i'm thinking to myself it's round the under 12 under eight and it's still a four six, six point game, game. Yep. yeah yep. something like that caleb, and caleb joseph went on an 8-0 run by himself yeah uh, aided by a uh sick, behind sick. The, the behind the back two-hand no look pass sick. for mitch ballack i mean that let's be honest like dude if Kyrie or marcus made that pass like that shit's getting a ton more play in the last couple of years i don't know why people didn't freak out about that more that was amazing yeah 
It's funny because uh, up to that point, I think the pat the play of the game for me in the open court was Tyshawn's kind of whip around, yeah. bounce pass in transition to Damian Jefferson. Um, and the funny part is when we asked Mitch how he saw Caleb uh, coming down the court um, on that no look, <laughs> Tyshawn interrupted and said he's he told him he was there. So like <laughs> they had a little fun back and forth there uh, uh, about who should actually get sure the lion's share of the credit for that play. But I like it. Yeah, it was an it was an incredible pass, an incredible game for Mitch Ballack. Two nights in a row now. Yeah, because he showed up in Lincoln. Um, on the offensive end especially, and then he was all over the place against Green Bay. So, you know, he's kind of really settling into a groove here, and we'll see if he can keep it going for a third game in a row. But he's shooting an unreal unreal accuracy from the three-point line right now. Like, anytime that guy touches it, yeah, and he's got to feel like it's going in. And, and, and Jay's fans are begging for him to shoot. I mean, you almost can't. His Coaches, release, too. His release, is so too. his release is so quick, you almost can't get out. Like, I like to... During the game, I just anytime we get the ball band three point arc, if it looks like a decent shot, I just yell rip it or drill it, like shoot it, man. Like that's it's clearly this team and this program's identity. If you're gonna live by it, you're gonna die by it, but you gotta shoot the ball, mm-hmm. right? And right now I can't even get those words out of my mouth and he's already got the shot out. His yeah. release right now is so quick. It's not and, and Tyshawn's really improved. I feel like his shot's quick too, but it's even just a titch more deliberative. And Maybe that's just the range and in, in, in height that they know they have to get it off or the position or the depth that they're at or whatever. But I'm telling you, man, there was one sequence where I think Mitch was in the corner, either got an offensive board or maybe somebody found him. And, I mean. Uh, are you talking about the hustle play of the year? Yeah. Where he drove all the way to the rim, missed. Missed. Tipped the offensive rebound up in the air. Yep. Tipped it out. Gets it back. Go for it. Gets up drill. Gets up. It took seven seconds for him to do all of that, by the way. From the, from the minute he got to the rim. Tip, tip, dive, run, to the sprint to the three-point line, cash a three, seven seconds. I watched the replay. Like, unreal amount of energy right? in a short amount of time. Like, that was that was a tone setter for me. When I saw him do that, I was like, they're at another level tonight. Like, well, and, that, and he talked about it in the post-game radio show with John and, and Brody. Um, you know, just he felt that there were a couple plays in Lincoln that yeah. he didn't get on the floor and die for. He, there were a, f- a couple plays. You can tell that he's, as a sophomore, taking on some of that mantle, some of that leadership. He and Tyshawn really are. You see it every day in practice. It's their That's team. That's good. Because it's becoming their team. Like, which is great. Kyrie and Mark. It was going to be a transition with, with Kyrie and Marcus leaving, and those guys, Mitch and Tyshawn, I was took a backseat to those guys as they should have. Right. Um, but I was just talking, from, I was just talking to Tyshawn today off the, you know, just in off ca- the record. Ca- just Whoa. casual conversation okay. about how, like, well, because if you watch Mitch and Tyshawn in that postgame presser, like they both seemed comfortable no matter what questions were being asked. They were playing off of each other. They were going back and forth. They were having a lot of fun. Obviously, that was in a win, so they can't act that way in a loss. Otherwise, it looks weird. But you know, they were, so they they won big and were able to joke around and have fun with it. Um, but it's becoming their team, man. They're playing the lion's share of the minutes. They're getting the lion's share of the shots. They're making the lion's share of the plays. Like it's it's we're seeing the kind of. The transition into like the Mitch and Tyshawn era, if you will. Like, yeah, I Creighton's will. kind of gone through the eras, you know, Sears and Walker, Corver, Doug, Marcus Kyrie, all that. Like, we're it's now like transitioning. Wayne into Runnels, Mitch. yeah. <laughs> Love you, Wayne. Lil Wayne. <laughs> he had to go to the CIT era. <laughs> oh, damn. So yeah, like, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, it's you kind of go through these stretches where it's like, whose team is it? You know what I mean. So like now it's starting to become Mitch and Tyshawn's team because they're the tone. Whether they know it or not, they're the te- they're the people that the rest of the team follows their lead in how they play and the energy they present. 
in the you know they're fu- they're starting to be more vocal in practice and in games. Um, the crowd is starting to respond to them, and that's kind of like that's the last moment I think is when the crowd starts to get when the crowd starts to feel like those are your go-to guys. Like every time they touch it, they want it to go up, and every time it goes up, you hear that gasp. Yeah, <gasps> like it's you know they can't wait to just throw their hands in the air because they wanted to see it go through the net. Like it's it's becoming their team, so um, I think you're starting to see that in a big way and. At a good time because they're kind of transitioning here. They got a big game tomorrow, and then they're transitioning towards the end of non-conference and right into Big East play. And like, there's going to be kind of no. You don't want to have any questions about who to follow at that point. You kind of want to know who your identity is. You want to know who your go-to guys are. Um, so considering those were all question marks before the season, they're starting to get answered with the games that Mitch and Tyshawn are starting to put together on a regular basis. Um, it's becoming the Mitch and Tyshawn era, if you will. Yeah, and I, I do feel like there was some concern on Blue Jay Underground and folks you talked to inside the CHI Health Center Arena corridors. You know, um, Mitch, I think, has a lot of pressure to be a part of that era and to carry on what the guys before him have created. And he certainly talks the talk, right? Um, Ohio State game comes this comes up this year. He plays 31 minutes, only scores five points in a game where the Jays really needed him to step up and knock down some shots. Um, didn't even really get a ton of attempts. It, it, you could yeah. tell. I know that he started the season off still battling some injury um, and, and knocking the rust off a little bit, but it looked like it was going to be really difficult for him to find his own shot uh, against a team with length on defense. Uh, you couple that with you know a very a similar type of shooting performance at least or maybe offensive output performance against Clemson uh, albeit he played tremendous that whole game 36 minutes he played extremely well just not scoring the 18 to 20 points that he later can show that he's more than capable of knocking down well the thing that's funny is he thinks he's a he thinks he's a playmaker and we think he's a sharpshooter like you know what i mean like hey man you can be both he can, that's that, <laughs> I know. that's that's, that's I know. but that's what he fought is what sure. you're is what you're talking about like he well, fought he 32 fought assists to 12 it. turnovers i'll take that he every single day by far the best assist turnover ratio on right. the team like so he knows he can make plays but he when you trying, said but he was trying to find that and i wrote about it in the latest practice report we'll have up tonight like and mac talks about it he was like the balance of trying to find the right time to be selfish sure versus and, and hunt your own shots yeah. which we've seen lately sure versus making plays for others and doing things within the flow of the offense and making sure everybody else around you has rhythm so it's not just you putting up you know as many shots as you can touch so sure um yeah that was a transition but i think he's starting to get more comfortable with where he fits where he's supposed to be uh within the flow of the offense when he's supposed to be aggressive when he's supposed to find other people um you know i think i think it's starting to become more natural to him which is um, gonna be good at this stage of his career for him to figure that out early. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Then, then the rest of it can just take off from there. He won't have right. to be thinking as much. Um, he can just play basketball and be a bat. They say, you know, Coach Lust says it all the time in practice. Like when guys like either hesitate on a shot and pass it up, or dribble into the lane and try to create something. Like just be a basketball player, man. Do what you do. Like if you're open, if you have space and you're a shooter, get it up there. If you're if there's a hard closeout coming at you, shot fake, get in the paint. Do something. Jump stop, spray it. Like, you know, there's like, it's very simple. Do simple well is what they say all the time, too, in practice. Like, so he's starting to figure all that stuff out um, as a go to guy on the team, too. Yeah. And, you know, that play that we talked about, that hustle play uh, where he knocks it down. I also like, you know, we saw it against Nebraska a little bit when he was knocking down shots and barking at uh, the opposing student section. I mean, he had some words of encouragement for his own student section after that play. 
um, you know, turning to the crowd, getting them pumped. Both he and Tyshawn seem to have taken on that part of Marcus's game, Maurice's game in particular. The swagger. Kind of the swagger, right? Yeah. You got to yeah. have that swag. You want to be the dog. Yeah. And I think Tyshawn. That's what the alphas do, right? That's what the alphas do. Yeah. and that's It's not just making shots and shutting up. It's no. like, I just made that shot. Now you cheer. And let's go. Let's get yep. some energy going here. Um, so yeah. I think that was evident um, in Mitch's game, certainly against Green Bay. And even, like you said, going back to that Nebraska game. So in the Nebraska game, he goes for a uh, season high 23. He has hit that mark twice. This season, he also had 23 against Georgia State. If I do believe that this is career high, uh, yeah. 23, yeah. Um, so, so Mitch had a Mitch had a huge game against the Phoenix. Uh, Marcus Zagorowski off the bench, 23 minutes, 13 points, six boards, freshman three of the assists, week. freshman of the week. Uh, not the last time we'll probably hear that. I can imagine um, from from the point guard freshman or the 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 guard freshman Marcus Zagorowski, but you know, Tyshawn struggled. I thought he he was flat on a couple shots that he normally normally makes. He even missed some close to the rim too. He goes five of fifteen in that game. Still seventeen points, perfect from the free throw line. Uh, where else it was a complete disaster and shit show for the Jays at the free <laughs> throw line. Uh, my dad won't stop talking about it. So if you can parlay some sort of information to make me or make him by way of me feel better because I heard about it for an hour straight at Sunday family dinner. So somebody needs to calm it down. Anything I can glean from maybe just an off night because that was horrendous. No, because there's been multiple off nights, so it's more like a trend than it Yikes. is an off night. Um, you don't have a margin. It's of not. I can't. Error. I can't explain it. Like they, they, sh they're a, they're a good shooting know. basketball team. So like sure. those shouldn't be difficult. It's the free throw. Like it should be the same motion you practice in your sleep. And there's no one guarding you. So it's like, I don't really know how to explain it. And I don't think the coaches do either. Because like, they practice them in practice. They practice them in pressure situations. They practice them when they're tired. Um, there's, like, incentive to make them because if you miss, you run. Like, miss there's, you there's run. so many different ways that they've tried to, you know, get them to focus. Just, yeah, like, just to, the locking all those things you're supposed to be thinking about all at the right. future line. Like. I can't explain why they're so bad at the well, line. Well, tell them Chris Odd is upset, and anything they can do to help that will be beneficial <laughs> to him and his family members. Hopefully it's like a law of averages thing where they're just gonna, like going to miss a bunch early and like be 80% towards the end of the year. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can see you're skeptical, but <laughs> it's, it is what it is at this point. They, sure. just, they just aren't hitting free throws. And it's good shooters missing them too, so it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. We'll uh, see if they can be the first team to shoot better from three than the free throw line. Maybe they can maybe they're, set some kind of record. I was going to say, there. maybe they got their eyes on some yeah, sort of record Yeah, because they're the best three-point shooting team in the country. So, I mean, right. you know. They're going to need we'll it see, if we'll they see. keep missing a bunch of free throws, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. you got to make it up somewhere. So yeah. they start on they're the not road. Getting board, I mean, so. just imagine stepping into the dunk or going into Hinkle. Those are the first two games on the Big East slate. Two road games for the Jays right off the uh, – just right out of um, Christmas. New Year's Eve against Providence. Uh, like we mentioned, we'll have the viewing party here. And then there are that weekend – they're at Hinkle against the Bulldogs of Butler. Is it Butler that early already? I yeah. thought it was Georgetown. Nope, it's okay. Butler. Wow. Um, and so, you know, they're going to need it. They're going to need because those are going to be hostile places to play. And Providence certainly will be on you. You know, Providence yeah. is going to be physical with you too. So you got to be able to step up and knock down free throws. Um, yeah. And they'll they'll be they'll be they'll be locked in. They're always locked in for New Year's Eve. They're always locked in for the Jays. Cooley's always got them playing um, a defense that 
really knows what Creighton likes to do and tries to take it away. And they've had success essentially since the Jays have been in the Big East. Well, they're the two um, teams. They're most familiar with each other because they've played each other more than any other sure. teams. Like it, you yep. know, so I think we've played them in three of the Big East tournaments we've been in so far. Yep. For sure. Yep. So, um, but I digress. Let's talk. Any more about Green Bay you want to talk about? Sandy Cohen the third throwing <laughs> down a monster jam, talking some – Talking some, some run. Martin Talk. got his teammate back, though. He, he like, did. So yeah, so, yeah, he, he so was, that was good. He was looking for Sandy, but Sandy didn't want to go near the rim. So, I mean, <laughs> smart play for Sandy. He got him, and he stayed away. So, yep. that's good. Uh, when, you, when, you're to, when, you got, when you get a lead, you can coast. So yeah, former Marquette Golden Eagle Sandy Cohen the third was out there. He threw up a double-double, 20 points, 10 boards, uh, leading the way essentially for the Phoenix, um, who I think they're picked to win the Horizon, or they're, they're picked – top of the horizon which is usually a pretty decent league um and like you mentioned matt they went to michigan state east lansing and got drubbed um against this or drubbed by the spartans a couple nights after that although started off the game really well ended the game pretty well just had a huge kind of abyss in the middle of the game yeah there was like a drago creed moment in the middle which will happen in the is zone right uh more often than not to that level of opponent but um all right so you're at practice today I know you've got a practice report coming up, uh, we, and you talked to Jordan Scurry, so we've got that interview to play later on. But um, what's practice like uh, as the Jays get ready to head to Oklahoma to play the Sooners? And essentially, is, I, th- I feel like it's a do-or-die non-conference game for them. That's just me putting it out there. And they want to entertain a quote-unquote great resume builder. Uh, I think they need that one um, because I don't know that a neutral court win against Clemson will be the thing that can really hold that non-con schedule well, up. If it's the only thing you're standing yeah, on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was practice like? What kind of urgency? What were they working on? Uh, How did it look before heading off on their private jet to uh, Norman, Oklahoma? Well, to go off of what I was saying earlier about Mitch and Tyshawn, I think I don't think practice started off that well today, but then Mitch and Tyshawn kind of got going, uh, started playing with a little bit more energy on the defensive end, and then things picked up from there. So – um, just to kind of play off my own narrative that I just created earlier. Hashtag uh, <laughs> narrative. Yeah, I thought Mitch and Tyshawn got things going um, in time for them to have a good practice today because I thought it, they, they had a good session before hitting the road, which is – I think it's always a good thing when you get off to when – you, when you go on the road feeling good about the preparation you've put in, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's – I think, you know, their main concern is Oklahoma's defense um, and – you know, I think Mac, think Mac Mac believes this is the best defensive team they've played all year. Oklahoma. Um, I know Nebraska fans are going to appreciate oh that. Oh, God. But, you know, Nebraska fans don't appreciate it much, so it doesn't really right. matter at this point. So, um, yeah, I mean, o- I mean, Oklahoma is 15th in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm, so they kind of back it up. Um, you know, and they've, they've frustrated a lot of teams. I mean, they hold Wichita State to 48. Uh, USC didn't really have a shot the other night, even though they only lost by 11. So, I mean – I don't know. I've seen them play Florida. I've seen them play Wisconsin, which they got whipped in. I've seen them play USC. Um, I didn't see Notre Dame or Wichita State, which were probably pretty impressive wins. But I mean, they just they they look pretty good. But I don't know if they're. I don't know if I feel like they're. I feel like Ohio State still might be a better team. Like so, if I rank Creighton's non-con opponents, like yeah, Gonzaga, Nebraska, Ohio State, and then I have Oklahoma. Um, so I think Creighton can get this game if they play well, if they shoot well, if they don't turn it over. Uh, don't give Oklahoma opportunities in transition in the open court. You know, limit the pick sixes, the live ball turnovers. Um, don't give up a ton, ton of offensive rebounds. Um, 
you know, it's not going to be easy, but you know, I feel like the matchup is is I don't feel like it's a it's a matchup Creighton is going to be overwhelmed in. Um, you know, Oklahoma's got athletes. Uh, they've got a few shooters. Um, I think Brady Manick. Um, I, th- I don't know how tall he is. I think he's like six ten, six eleven. But he's supposed to be a really good kind of stretch post player. Yeah. Um, but he's not shooting it well so far this year. So I don't know if he. Oh, just wait, man. I, I Come mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, like he's probably due because everybody thinks he's a really good shooter. Um, he's put up 48 of them, so he's not afraid. Yeah, second most um, on the team. But he's only shooting 37% from the field overall, you know, and 31% from three and below 70 from the line. So it's not like he's really tearing it up anywhere. No, he's their um, le- leading but he, you rebounder. Know, but he's a good yeah. rebounder, third leading scorer, so he's getting his and he's going to get shots up. Um, so, I mean, what, he's second on the team in three-point attempts, so he's not shy. Um, so Creighton will have to guard some bigger guys. I think Matt Freeman is a six foot ten, six foot nine. Uh, sh- you know, and he can stretch the floor and shoot the ball off the off the bench. So, um, and then obviously we haven't talked about Christian James yet, but you know he's kind of their go to guy in the guard court, six foot four. So he's kind of a little bit like Tyshawn. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup, you know. Like I, I've, but I feel like it'll be a fun matchup. I think it'll be an up and down game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams are in the high seventies, low eighties. Um, I think it should be pretty entertaining, especially with everybody kind of playing, you know, take it easy week with the finals. I think this will be a a chance to kind of have have a national spotlight on this game tomorrow night um, with both teams uh, with as much firepower as they both bring. I think it'll be an entertaining game. Yeah, it's the first time um, Oklahoma's going to be back in their home building since. That's crazy, right? That's like the anti Coach no- K November twenty seventh. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they were playing, in, you know. Uh, like West Texas State type arenas. I mean, they went to MS or I can't. Was it MSG or was it MSG or yeah. Barclays? I think it's MSG. They played Notre Dame. They went to mm-hmm. Oklahoma City on a quote unquote neutral court and played Wichita State. Um, played uh, USC in Tulsa. So they've had one home game in Norman since um, the twenty first of or I guess since the eighteenth of. Um, of November because they went down to the Paradise. Uh, they went down to the Bahamas for Battle for Atlantis, where they played Florida, Wisconsin, and Dayton. Um, so not a lot of not a ton of home games, true home games recently for the Sooners. I know that campus is awfully crazed right now about their uh, national semifinalist football team um, and uh, and Heisman Trophy winners. So yeah, as well, students will still be on break too. I imagine. So hey, we yeah. need all the help we can get. Right, we need. Uh, you know, quiet building and, and the Jays to knock down some <laughs> shots and keep Brady Manick at 31% from three instead of 50%, which, you know, if you're a Jays fan that follows these types of things, not you know let, he's Not let Jumani McNeese block five shots like he did against Wisconsin. Right. So, yeah. I mean, things are going to be tough sledding around the rim, right? I mean, I don't you, imagine you so. Mc, I think McNeese battled an injury, but he's, he played against – played 14 minutes against USC, so he's back. Um, I was – I mean – all he did was grab a couple boards and set some ball screens from what I saw. So he's probably still kind of trying to work his way back into feeling good about it. But 15. he's a good rebounder. He's a good shot blocker. Yeah. Um, he's their rim presence. But he also gets out on the perimeter and, you know, sets some ball screens. And I'm, I'm imagining – I imagine Oklahoma has him uh, near the rim on some of those slips too, even though they didn't do it much, I guess, sure. USC. So, yeah, Creighton's going to have to mind who they're guarding. Just so everybody's aware, McNeese with 15 block shots already this season – uh, in for eight com- games, yeah. For comparison, in eight games, the Jays have 24 total as a team. As a team yeah. And th- opponents only 33 
as uh, as opponents for the Jays so far this year. So he's essentially halved uh, in one output. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <coughs> again, not like the Jays try to you know uh, break you down off the dribble a ton and get all their hoops at the rim necessarily, but um, certainly we'll be interested to see how effective our guards can be taking the ball down in the paint and even you know jacob martin and and samson i know jacob seems and to christian be, and christian bishop getting some minutes i mean essentially he slipped in jacob seems though he's dealing with some back stuff or some sort of injury um and christian comes in and you know i thought he provided some good energy mm -hmm. out there um and so they're probably gonna have to i don't know what practice was like but i would assume they're he, throwing he, a lot I, at him you'll, it's in the practice report so you'll uh see Something Let's from him, some quotes from him, some quotes from Mac. It's kind of bishop heavy. Um, Ooh, all right. But he got some reps, and you know he continued to get some reps with the the regular rotation, as well as mixing in the scout team a little bit to give them a look of you know what McNeese is going to be like, because um, Bishop is a good, you know, probably the best shot blocker on the team, I guess. Um, sure. So yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some minutes again tomorrow. Um, okay. It's going to be a road game, so I, you know, I always say rotations usually shrink in road games. You don't know because you know who you can trust and you know who you can't. So sure. that you know. So but we'll you see, do we'll see what that environment's like. We'll see. Yeah. Matt gets a feel for it and who he wants to get uh, get going into the game. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Bishop get you know similar to what he got against Green Bay. It wouldn't shock me at all. Okay. Well, you want to get some exposure to some of these younger guys in in hostile environments soon. I mean, essentially, Jays have played only one true road game. They'll play only two true non-conference road games uh, before they get into Big East play. Uh, again, on uh, New Year's Eve afternoon, starting at Providence and then uh, heading to Butler on the 5th of January. Um, so you got to get some exposure there. You got to get some, some, some minutes. But, I mean, obviously, this game's going to be won or lost uh, with how well the Jays can knock down shots on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, it's obviously going to come down to Tyshawn, Mitch, Davion, uh, Marcus, making sure that things are working well offensively from the perimeter, but then also gang rebounding. Damien's got to be huge. Damien's got to be huge in this game. And uh, communication on the defensive end, switching, uh, you know, yeah, because Oklahoma of their size. Oklahoma likes to run a lot of like side to side action. Like, yeah. Because get, you, get you in mismatches and yep. attack it. Like, their assist to turnover ratio isn't great, which to me sounds like they like to break you down one on one, but. Yeah. First, they like to probe that. They like to like, get you switching, get you moving, find the mismatch, and attack that. Um, so, yeah, communication is definitely going to be key tomorrow for 207 sure. 207 free throw attempts for Oklahoma so far through their games and 188 for the Jays uh, for comparison's sake. I mean, not, you know, use those numbers but for they're what right they're at worth, the, but Oklahoma's right at 20 a game as their average, so that's, like, right what Creighton's given up. So yep. Yeah. So got to be, um, you know, got to be smart there. Obviously, Martin's dealt with some foul trouble early. In like he got two quick ones against Green Bay. Yep. Um, he's fouled out of a couple games. What's the maybe you know maybe I'm prying into the practice report. Maybe you already have it in there, and this is just all a bunch of clickbait for them to read it. But um, uh, status update on how Martin's been battling back from from these minutes so far with the knee. Um, how's his health uh, overall team wise? How's the health headed out of finals and now into the non conference stretch run? Well, Epperson's, Jacob Epperson is pretty banged up. Um, so that's one. But Martin, I don't think he – Martin hasn't been limited very much. He's been – they monitor him, but I think he – I think he would like to be given more of a leash than he is. But, sure. you know, th for him, he's really – you know, he's obviously really competitive, so that's the part that he struggles with is understanding that he's got to kind of scale it back a little bit because you've torn your ACL three times. 
Um, and the last one was less, still less than a year ago. So um, he's got to understand that. But so from, you know, they, they do a good job of kind of making sure he, you know, gets his rest, gets on the sideline, watches a few possessions go by and then come back in and get going. But, um, yeah, I think he's fine for what he's going to play. I don't think he's hindered too much. It's just a matter of monitoring him so he's not um, – so he has something left for the stretch run as opposed to – sure letting him just go balls to the wall at this point in the year. Balls to the wall, there you go. But, yeah, I think the one thing probably to watch is Epperson's a little banged up right now, so, you know, his minutes might shrink while he gets while he gets back together. But um, but that's just more for Christian Bishop, who's been practicing well. Like, he's been, he, you know, Christian might have earned that regardless how he's pract- with how he's practicing. So um, the injury just gives him an opportunity sure. to jump in front of the line a little bit with the num- in the numbers game and – um, we'll see how it goes tomorrow, and we'll see if he's able to capitalize on the uh, on the playing time that he does get. Yeah, Samson Frawling, Christian Bishop, both playing nine minutes against Green Bay. Epperson with seven minutes against the Phoenix, and Martin, your starter, with fourteen minutes. Like I said, got two personal fouls early in the first half. Sat for the majority of the first half. Um, logged. Uh, three points, a couple steals, had a couple turnovers, a couple rebounds, um, and an assist as he clearly tries to work his way back past through the, that leash that the coaches have him on because we're going to need Martin. That's the word I use in the practice report, leash. Really? Yeah. And I haven't even read it yet. No, nope, that's crazy. It's, it's awesome, though. We got you, that thing going with our call out again. for questions. And Liam Dawson, one of our longtime followers, um, he throws in the question, how do you see Bishop's role evolve as the season unfolds? And I, man, I do I just know what the people want or do I know, know what the people, people want? want so you've got you that in the practice report. I know we've talked about it a little bit here too. Yeah, it'll be Bishop heavy, so you'll get it right Bishop. away. Bishop. Right off the bat. Right, right off the, the bat. Right right the the bat. We go right, right into the Christian Bishop You know Bishop what the people time. want? Give them what they want, man. I do. I try. They want Zagorowski all the time. They want Christian Bishop updates. You know, it's just you want what you I try to like. I try to like, you know, I have a rule. I try to like think like Bryant. I'm like, hmm. what would Brian want me to write about right now? And then I asked Mac those questions, and he's like, why are you cussing at me? And I'm like, oh, sorry. I, was I want a I was win. thinking like Brian for a second. Sorry. I like <laughs> it would be so big to pick <laughs> up a dub. It would be so big to pick up a dub for this team. I think this young team. It would you, scale up the expectations. It really it? would. It would ramp them up. Like, I guess they probably got jacked up last year after. Because, honestly, I didn't think. I thought last year's team went in with kind of the same expectations. You know, without Justin, um, without Mo, you were like. You know, NIT team probably, maybe an NCAA tournament team. And then they go and beat Northwestern and UCLA and almost beat Baylor, and you're like, maybe they're an NCAA tournament team. Like, the expectations changed quickly. Yeah, I think so. I feel like if they go and beat Oklahoma tomorrow, and then you just assess the non-conference, like Oklahoma win, Clemson win, uh, you got some good mid-majors, Georgia State, East Tennessee State, uh, Montana, like – yeah, that's probably an NCAA tournament resume well, I mean, as it would stand on the day tomorrow. Like, I know they see, don't. The expectations yeah. would change. A I little don't bit, know. I, I know they don't give bids to conferences, right? Haha, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Um, but I yeah. look at the big. T- I look at the Big East now with a we- essentially a week to go in the non-conference, 
and I'm looking at St. John's. That's probably an NCAA tournament team. I don't know. I know, but they're ten and zero. But they don't have any. They haven't. They I'm literally don't. They have like they R- have like ten exhibition games. And in my <laughs> opinion, like, their RPI. They have no quality. Their wins. RPI represents that. I know that everybody wants to use the Nebraska educational TV ranking or net neat, neat or <laughs> net or whatever they want to do. What if that was what it was really? <laughs> that would be amazing. It's just Nebraska voted on one by, seat on it's, it's, it's voted on by Tim Miles and all the people that got <laughs> mad about the whiteboard. Holy so smokes! A bunch of Husker boosters, right? Like, wait they, a minute. They'd still find a way to bitch about it. Um, so St. John's is at RPI 39. Marquette, that's an NCAA tournament team, 17. Yeah, yeah Marquette is for uh, sure. Mar- Mar- Marquette's they beat K-State. Mar- they beat, uh, they beat so Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin in, yeah. in home and overtime. And they, so got Buffalo, they got Buffalo this week, I think, which is a that's a really that's good a big team game. they're going to be playing that's for big, sure. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good opportunity. Villanova. Yeah, they've washed the stink off that Indiana. Yeah. Whipping, so. Villanova's an NCAA tournament team. Um, yep. And one probably that no one's going to want to play in that tournament. If we can think forward to how Jay Wright coaches and how those guys are talented and just in maybe play some stuff. Yeah, nobody's oh. going to want to play that team. I don't, I don't know. I think Villanova's got so. issues that aren't, aren't necessarily fixable. But but as like a 10 seed or a 9 seed coming into the NCAA tournament. Oh, if they're a double digit seed, yeah, you don't want to play. You don't want to play those <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, right? that'll, that'll be a nightmare. So that'd be a St. John's, that'd be a Marquette, so. that'd be a Villanova. I don't buy Seton Hall. Um, I don't buy Xavier. So you buy St. John's, but you don't buy Seton Hall. Sure. That's interesting. Because I feel like Seton Hall might get them in a in a two or three weeks. That's fine. I think, all things considered, if I need a bucket and I know I've got Figueroa, Pons, I mean Miles Powell against Kentucky needed a bucket too. Sure, and he got I know, but they got one guy essentially one and a half yeah, yeah. guys didn't get that bucket. Yeah, Seton Hall has even more with dudes. Chris Mullen coaching them outside of doing well, like you know whatever we want to call what Chris does. Shamari, he checks how many timeouts Mustafa and yeah. LJ can get buckets, and yep. I think that that comes in handy. So, um, I watched that first half of that Wagner game yesterday, and they were like, I think they were up one at half. Like, they just don't. I know. They're it's it's coming with them, man. I swear. This like, is they're all get just all this is just me b- blabbing and leading up to the fact that I think the Jays are in the mix. There, I think the Jays are in the to mix. Be the top half of the Big East team for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't even think that's a. And I don't know that coming into the season, even though. And one of the questions I got tonight with power ranking, someone to spit that. Well, I want you Boom. to play with that too. So okay, because I haven't thought much about it, but I mean, looking at it here, like the ball. You want to do that bottom. right now? Uh, sure. Why not? We're kind of rolling go. with it. Um, you know, I'll go with Marquette one. I'll go Marquette one. Yeah, Marquette. Uh, Marquette one. I'll go. Who do you take with two, dude? Like honestly, <laughs> you're clearly a St. John's hater. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no I'm not putting St. John's two. I think I would still put uh, yeah, Nova so two. I. Yep, I'd put. Because I mean, put I, I was impressed by what they did down in, in Lawrence this weekend. Oh sure. Uh, you know, it's a loss, but I think it was a competitive one, one they had a chance to win. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got some questionable, like questionable performances. I guess I'll say sure. even some of the wins haven't been crazy good and then sure. some of the losses have been yeah. head scratchers but um i still trust them enough yeah to be number two right and i know who you're gonna pick three who the jays yeah i actually yeah am. i know yeah just because i, th- I mean if you look when at, I look at he- firepower and talent yeah. like i do think Creighton if you look enough. at it head to toe and you look at coaching and you look at just sort of maybe for me it's a little bit of the blue tinged glasses yeah um I mean, honestly, looking at the rest of this list, maybe you put Seton Hall at three. Maybe no, um, I wouldn't. I I, like I would say Butler is four after the Jays, and then okay. St. John's. Um, oh yeah, St. John's. Forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> how quickly so that happens. So Marquette, Villanova, Creighton, Butler, Butler St. John's, St. John's, Seton, Seton Hall, Hall is six. 
Providence seven. No, 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 I know, I know. I'm yeah. just listing the rest. So yeah, Providence, Providence seven, Georgetown, Georgetown eight, DePaul Sa- nine, Xavier ten. No, no, actually, yeah, yeah. I think Xavier is the worst team in the league. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just every time every time I watch them play, they do something that's like gonna get them beat in the Big East. Like sure. they beat Eastern Kentucky the other night. Yeah. Um, but they turned the ball over 27 times. That's a lot. That's a lot of turnovers. Like I haven't seen them play. I haven't seen them put a full game together yet this year that makes me think they're it's they're they're, they're a top half that they're top, they're not a play in game team I and it's not say. and it's not because they don't have talent they certainly do but man you talk about a team that lost as much if not more than the Jays did last yeah, yeah, year yeah, yeah. i mean having a Travion uh Blewett and and JP McCurra leave and uh, a host of other you know role Cantor, players you know, those guys like, take off i mean that's tough yeah. your coach leaves coach left. i mean that's a yep. huge transition year for the x-men yeah and i i, and I don't like dave lato as a coach like i you know i think he's a lame duck coach but i mean well he's certainly lame dude that was some shit moves oh, how do you have for that have you ever seen he made one post game comment like yeah i shouldn't have done that and that was the end of it like what there's nothing for that you can just talk crap to a player get it teed I don't up know, man i get know ejected, if, nothing's going on there i know that if that was my head coach doing that i would be first livid second completely expecting to hear a full explanation from like what the AD the, from everybody yes that yes. was a joke yeah and uh, in a 30 I mean, point game something went down because for both coaches it, to get punted um you know things got heated and i understand that they're all probably fighting for kids in the chicagoland area or whatever and maybe something first of all the ball is fighting with chicago state for kids like they're doing that's something. a problem i mean right? that's a yeah Dude, that's nobody, issue in itself no one was there no like I mean, that's sad yeah I mean, and, and Wintrust, like, it's it's a cool arena, but it feels like, I mean, Baxter Arena, like, I'm not trying to knock the Mavs, but, like, that's a mid-major arena. Yeah. 8,000 people. It's perfect for what UNO needs. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's probably a great hockey crowd, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Cause, like, but but for, the, for, like, basketball as the premier team in Chicago, no. Could they beat the Bulls? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Matt. Sorry, man. probably man. Okay. Struz probably could beat him, I guess. If you Struz, think about dude, it. Yeah. that guy's a baller though. That's I'd what I'm take, talking about. I would take Struz. They got the kid yeah. from Illinois. Player of the week pretty in the good right now. Yeah. Struz, he's obviously can get buckets. They've got talent. Like sure. I, that's why I'd take them over Xavier because they Agreed. have players. Agreed. So Georgetown, they've got talent too, but they've been not tested at all. Yeah. Um, and the tests that they have had, they've lost. Yep. Uh, granted, they pushed Syracuse at the Carrier Dome. They did. But you know, Syracuse loses their next game at the Carrier Dome. To old um, Dominion, to right? old yeah. old, old dirty, old dirty U. Old um, dirty You know, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this league, and I'm like, do they get five in? Do they get four? I think it's probably five still, um, especially, you know. So, who are we talking? We're talking Marquette, Villanova, Creighton, St. John's. That's four, right? Butler, five? Yeah, probably comes down to. Is that what you're thinking? Probably comes down to, to Butler. What's Butler's province? quality win this year? I don't think. Have Let's they beaten this way tournament team yet? I don't know. They got a cute dog. Like that always is. They in do their not favor. have a cute dog. Are you serious? You like yeah, that? Yeah, dude, no. he's cute. That dog is hideous. They beat Florida. Um, okay. Down in Atlantis, I think. Uh, the Bahamas. Same Bahamas. tournament as. Yeah. Same tournament as. Uh, so yeah, Florida's their best win. That's the top twenty-one. Florida's twenty-one on Kempom. They beat Ole Miss. Man, I don't the know, Indiana. Ole you watched the Indiana good? game. Indiana was a, that's Indiana's twenty-four on Kempom right now. That's a game they should have won. They yeah, controlled that, that was whole tough. Thing. So they're tied yeah. at the break. They play outstanding or tied at the end. Play outstanding defense. 
and do you know freshman for <sighs> Indiana just drills a cold-blooded a like man. off balance from the top from of like the key, 35 30 feet, feet away. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean it was insane. I mean, that's a tough one to lose at Conseco. Do they still mm-hmm. call it Conseco Fieldhouse? What are they called that? Yeah, Conseco the house Field that Doug built. Yeah, yeah, the house right. that Doug built. Um, <laughs> they play Florida again. Butler does. Look at this. December 29th. There's smokes. a rematch. Look there. at that. So that rematch. might like that might like offset itself somehow. Yeah, that's, that's on the road place too. To play O'Connell Center. Yeah, Jays have had a tough time down there in the imagine past. imagine getting a neutral win over florida then you have to go to their place again that's rough <laughs> that is rough <laughs> um but man imagine if they pick up both dubs yeah but but i know you know they lost to st louis um lost to dayton so those are you know they, they probably still got work to do sure they're probably like creighton if you look at their resume yeah i, I mean so. actually i think creighton might have more good wins their losses Even though aren't they, that bad. Yeah, their Florida, aren't the that Florida bad. wins probably better than any win Creighton has, but I think Creighton would probably have the next. I love our new Butler podcast. This is pretty amazing. <laughs> what would we call it if you had? had a they asked for like, Biggie's power rankings. We're giving them Biggie's power rankings. Yeah, you bet. So I think we're in agreement. Um, we go down the line here. We go, uh, we go Marquette, we go Villanova, we go Jays, we go Butler, we go St. John's, we go Providence, Georgetown. Uh, DePaul, Xavier. Who'd we miss? Did I miss? Seton Hall. I always hate those Pirates. Oh, you're going to Seton Hall last, huh? No, I said I oh, forgot okay, that. Okay. They probably slide in at like six, seven. Are they a playing? I had, I had them six. I had them six. Yeah. I had them behind St. John's at five. Yeah. So there's, they're in that 6-3 game against the Jays at MSG late night on uh, late night on Thursday. And, you know, book your tickets now. I did book get the tickets. email. I did get the email. Big East tournament, yeah. Big East tournament. Honestly, I feel like this tickets. is the year that will be a fun Big East tournament because I think there's oh, going to be a lot of competitive gonna, games. Oh yeah. Um, and MSG is like when there's a close game in MSG, that place is just like I don't even know how to it's explain crazy. it. It's crazy. It's it's it doesn't crazy. even matter who the fans are in the stands or who the teams are on the court. Like when it's down to the wire and it's a do or die game. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just special. Like I love I love watching it. Doesn't matter if anybody whoever's involved. Like mm. it's crazy. Good stuff. Uh yeah so more any more questions let's check the twitters check, check the, the twitters. twitters see if we got any whiteboard ideas I think we had a few more I thought uh, I saw we saw how do how do you see bishops role evolve as the season unfolds yeah obviously we'll touch you're that gonna one touch on that the in the in the practice, in the practice report. report there were some uh, on my feed I saw Alex Sindelar said between the Kent Pavelka red state tweet and the Stanford assassinate <laughs> and flip off Herbie Husker portrait what do you think of high art in this modern time is it on the rise. Are well, too many artists well, getting unrecognized. Kent Pavelka's was knockoff art. Stanford's was original. Original, yeah. So Stanford wins that one easily. Sure. Really well done drawing. I mean, honestly, really well done drawing for a whiteboard. Like I, I work with whiteboards all day in my job. Like oh, yeah. I would never be able to put something like that on a whiteboard without some smudges, anything like that. So um, I well, thought that was really maybe interesting. Maybe if you go to Stanford, you yeah. They teach I told you my to son, stuff. my oldest son, I'm grooming him to go there. <laughs> he would love it. Um, uh, I got one from what do you got, Brian? Oh, Brian. Brian one three one seven. If Creighton does blank, they will beat Oklahoma. So scores hundred may- points. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking maybe something deeper than hold them to sixty five or less or get eighty percent defensive rebounds. So what do you think? What's the what are the keys to victory tomorrow in your mind? Mm, that's tough. It is tough because it's a good team. What does Creighton have to do well tomorrow to win, Bryant? I mean, honestly, they're going to have to have one of those let it fly type shooting performances. So I like just 12 to 15 threes. Yeah, made, I just don't yeah. think I just don't think the defense is there yet. I certainly don't think that they'll re out rebound that team. 
Um, if they can keep Oklahoma from getting offensive rebounds, I think that's going to be a huge key, um, especially when you talk about a team with athletes being able to get easy second chance, third chance uh, opportunities. Um, it sounds like coach speak, but, I mean, honestly, they're going to have to outscore them, and they're going to have to outscore them from deep, and I think that that's the key. If Tyshawn and Mitch can both have a game where they really get going um, and then that opens up things – uh, for others, then I think that that's uh, that's the key because I just don't. Yeah, I think we can talk about a one game improvement against Green Bay. We can talk about all these things that happen in practice, but the fact of the matter is, you're asking a team that hasn't played well defensively to go on the road and play play well defensively against a team that size wise they don't match up extremely well against. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a tall order. So. Um, no pun intended, but I think that they just need to knock down shots and knock them down early, take whatever crowd is there out of the game early, maybe jump on them a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I'm telling you, man, that free throw shit is – I think the number of – I think the number I'm going to go with tomorrow is 12. I think Creighton needs to make 12 threes and turn the ball over 12 times or less, and they'll, I like that. they'll I be a good spot. We haven't really talked about it a lot lately, but, you know, there was that stretch, especially – um, Ohio State, and then into the trip to the Caymans, where the the, the first half turnovers were. Exp- oh yeah, they are mind mind blowingly bad and frustrating. And so the discrepancy was between first yeah. half and second half. Was so the I same. think yeah. Davion needs to. I think that's par for the course. I think the last four podcasts we've done, there's been an ambulance that has gone by every single time. Yeah, so, so it's a cool place to be. People getting tired of us talking and then bashing <laughs> their head against the wall. I don't know. Um, but I do. I, I agree with that number. I think 12 or more threes, it'll keep them in the game for sure. Yeah. And then uh, it's a matter of protecting the basketball um, and making sure that because there there's doesn't get a lot of run outs. Yeah, stuff, right. Yeah. You don't want to get the crowd. And that's how the I mean, honestly, that's how crowds get going. Right. Yeah. So pick sixes, they, pick yep. sixes um, and, and, and force their force their role guys to to win. I mean, Christian James is going to probably get his. Um, you don't have a Kyrie to step in and, and just say, hey, you sick yourself on him and everything else will fall down from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think defensively it's a it's a huge opportunity to put uh, their money where their mouth is. And, you know, we talk about improvements against Green Bay, but this is a whole different bear. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm looking at. This one's a interesting one. This one's from Matt Bosch. I hope I'm saying your last name right. Um what do he we would see? love to hear your thoughts slash grade on each first-year player's performance versus original expectations thus far this year. Whoa, so God. first-year Disser- player. So I'm, dissertation, I'm dissertation time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm assuming Damian Jefferson counts as first-year player then. So yeah, I would say newcomers Damian, Damian, freshmen. Damian, Marcus, Samson, Christian, Connor. Okay. First year in the J. Oh, Connor too. Yeah, that's a good one. Wow. We, yeah, so I, I guess know. I would say – Damien's been better than advertised gra- to me. Yeah, my grade for Damien would probably be I'll give him a solid B. I think uh defensively he's still trying to I think the coaches want more out of him defensively. But I don't think I think he but I also think he's given them more shooting than they probably thought and he's been really good on the glass. So rebounding has been very good. Uh defense probably could be better. Uh, certainly, what they expected out of him could be better. They they they, they thought at he's the, at the beginning of the year he could have been. Yeah, he's yeah. Given, yeah, he's given him more offensively than they thought, but less defensively. So there's like some give and take there. Sure. And then the boards are really good. So good. I'll give him a B okay. for his first. That so sounds far. good. 
Uh, we'll, if honestly, if he were any better on defense, he would get an A plus. Like that's how Whoa. good he's been so far. So like, I if, agree. He, if he gives I him agree. any more on the defensive end, well, and again, that the qualifier to the question is versus what the expectations were. Yeah. So the expectations were that sure. he was probably going to be a defensive stopper. I don't think he's there yet. So there's still some room to grow there. Yeah, but you know, 11, 11 almost eleven and a half points and nearly six boards a game. For yeah, was him. he shooting from three? Uh, he's at uh, 55% Yeah, that's, that's that's right. He's Considering Doug Gottlieb said every time he touched the ball, he's not a shooter, and then he drilled a three. Like, yeah, he's exceeding expectations in that, in that area of the game. Imagine how many career nights you'd have if you knew Gottlieb was in the building talking <laughs> shit about you all the time. Um, <laughs> Just tell him that he's in the building. Yeah, so I think when we're looking at comparison to expectation, that's I yeah, think a B, B versus – I think a B, B plus uh, yeah. just because I like the kid. Okay. Um, I'll give him a plus, right? That's how it works. Uh, Zagorowski, Frosh, true freshman. Man, it's hard to say he's. It's hard to say he's what I expected, and then still, as good as he is. Um, but honestly, I, I felt like he had a really good feel for the game coming in. I think I'm a little bit surprised it came as early as it did because he missed the entire summer with an injury. So sure, he didn't get any conditioning, he didn't get any workouts, any skill work. Um, and he still hit the ground running. So that's, to me, he probably gets an A uh, because he's been, I think, I think early on people wanted him to be PG1. So Well, dude, I mean, we had what I think our third or fourth podcast here at Script Town. It was essentially the Marcus Zagorowski podcast. I mean, right. The questions we had coming in is when does he take Dam- uh, Davion's spot? The questions are how much is he going to play against XYZ? Um, you know, people are clamoring for him to play more, and I see it. So, um, yeah, I think – and I think he gets a lot of point guard reps. So, for him to be doing that as a true freshman, playing the schedule that he has too, like, you know, think about Perkins from Gonzaga, Watson for Nebraska. Like, he hasn't played some slouches at his position. No. Like, he's had to play some tough guys. Um, and tomorrow won't be any different either. Um, so, yeah, he gets an A so far. Uh, I just love what he's doing. I love his feel for the game, his instincts, his skill level. Um, I'm really excited about – you know, the kind of career he could possibly have because I think he's going to be a special one. What about the Samson? Samson. Oh, Samson. What about Samson? You know what? My expectations for him changed a little bit after uh, those early practices because I really thought he was – I really thought he had, like, a couple strong weeks. And then when he – then he started to hit the wall a little bit and then he recovered from it. So, like, I felt like he was probably working his way into the starter's role in day one. And I think he started the first exhibition, if I'm not mistaken, too. He did. So, yep, he did. Um, but, you know, he, I think he struggles a little bit with more athletic front lines, uh, like smaller front lines, not as phys- – I think the guys that are – when he faces more physical front lines, he feels like he can go down low and bang a little bit and get his shots going because he's really crafty around the rim, um, around the basket. He can finish on both, you know, over the right shoulder, over the left shoulder. Um but he hasn't really faced a lot of guys like that, and then he's a little bit—he was a little bit turnover prone early on, so there's still some struggles there. So the grade for him would probably be—I'd probably give him a D so far. But he has a lot of potential. Like I think a he's D as in dog, or B as in boy. I didn't hear. How about said. a like P as in puppy dog? Right? He's still okay. young. Oh my gosh! Still yeah. getting going. Yeah, no, so that's like, fun. he's not like a—he's not like an old dog that you need to like give away, but or put down, but. You know he's a he's got a D so far because I think he's got he's got his ability hasn't matched his performance so far. If you know what I mean. Sure. Okay. Or his performances haven't matched his ability. Got it. Um, <coughs> we got Christian Bishop. 
Oh, Christian Bishop's a tough one. Um, he hasn't really got many opportunities. Any opportunities, excuse me. So, his a tough grade to hand out. Can I give a? Can I give an incomplete on that one? Yeah, you can give it an incomplete. Because I don't really think he's. The sample the sample size is not large. Yeah, it's enough. just not, and and sure. to some degree that's the same case for Samson too, but. No, he, he, Samson's but I, but I think he had opportunities early. Samson's so. been in some spots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's had Samson's had chances to prove himself. Um, so I feel more, I feel more confident giving Samson a grade at this point. Christian, I don't. I think I think he needs more opportunities before we can um, fairly assess where he's at at this point in his okay. career. But I liked what he did in the summer. I was really high on him in the summer. Um, sure. You know, he suffered a knee injury and it kind of derailed. Derailed the momentum that he had at that point. What um, guys didn't get hurt? I mean, come on. Yeah, this summer this there, was was a lot of, there was a lot of guys banged up this summer. Uh, Connor Cashaw. Connor Cashaw. This is a tough one, too, because in practice, he has by far the best assist turnover ratio on the team. And I We're think talking he, about practice. Hey, man. We're talking you about You've got to evaluate what you can evaluate, though. I know. Like, you know I what know. I mean? When you see that most of the time, that's you kind of feel like you can trust that, especially so, out of a, a guy right, that but that, but So shouldn't that factor into the grade? If you see that in practice all the time and then the game returns are not close to that, doesn't right. that factor in on the grade? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I like his fight defensively. I think he's underrated in that regard. Um, I think he's really crafty, and I think he I think he will get better as the season goes along in terms of his assist turnover ratio especially, uh, but also with his ability to keep possessions alive with – I don't know, just how crafty he is. He's got like a kind of a nose for the ball, even though he's undersized. He can fight in there and poke it away and get extra possessions, extended possessions for Creighton. So, um, yeah, I'd say right now he gets a C minus for me. I think there's there was a tough transition for him playing the pace he did at Rice and then coming in uh, to trying to learn everything on the fly with a as a late, you know, a late uh, arrival to Creighton's team. Um, I don't think he arrived till like the fall, so he had to take summer classes and stuff. So, at Rice, so he gets a C minus, a little bit of a pass, but still, there's more there, I think. And he hasn't, um, he's probably underperformed to, to those expectations so far. So, yeah, I think he'll get better. So a C minus right now for me. Okay, I think that's it, right? That was that's all the it. newcomers. That's a wrap. Yeah, the first year boys, and somebody that's been around for a little bit. And uh, saw some action Friday night against Green Bay. Jordan Scurry comes in. Scurry shoots when he comes in. That's kind of yeah. his MO. Hit a fadeaway J. Hit a fadeaway J. Normally we see him in outside the three-point arc, but not no, done that fadeaway J. He wanted to be Jordan instead of, instead of Curry. He did. I told you, he's either Michael Jordan or Steph Curry, man. That's, that that's his name. That's his deal. So, so sometimes he likes to let it go. And I, know you, uh, I know you got some time with Jordan uh, before they got on the plane to head to Norman. Uh, it, we'll end our show with that uh, this week, but if you want to set it up for the listeners at home, um, what do you guys talk about? What do you guys get through? And then they can uh, hear it for themselves. Uh, well, I mean, Jordan's a great kid, first of all, like a great interview, great, very insightful, intelligent dude, funny dude, uh, likes to trash talk. So it's, it's an entertaining listen. Um, talk a little bit about what, they saw on film from the Nebraska game, um, just in terms of the things they felt like they could control better. You know, not that not you know Nebraska shooting the way they shot is like you figure that's kind of an aberration, and they just hit some good shots, and you'll live with that, I guess. But um, there were certainly some things they didn't do well. Um, so we talk about what stood out to him on that film session uh, in regards to what they felt like they could control better. 
talk about Tuesday's practice after that film session. Um, probably one of the most physical practices I've seen out of a Greg McDermott team. It it honestly felt like a football practice without pads. Um, they were just literally just running through each other. It's no joke. Um, so we talk about that and um, what what lessons were learned from just the drills they went through there and how they can carry them over. How they can carry them over without having to repeat that because they can't. That's not a practice you can do every day. Like you'll right. you won't have anything left by this, by January. Mm-hmm. Um, so just what they learned from that practice and how they can instill those things going forward without by muscle memory without actually having to physically rehash it. Um, and then obviously the, we talk about the strides they made against Green Bay. Um, he was pretty honest. Like he felt like they didn't do everything that they needed to do uh, in terms of taking steps forward defensively and on the glass, but. You know, he felt like they definitely moved in the right direction. So, talk a little bit about that, and then Oklahoma, um, and then just like the 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 maturity of the team in terms of like trying to figure out how to handle adverse situations, um, and then Nebraska game being the lesson they obviously learned in that regard. So, um, that's all the Creighton basketball related topics, and then I obviously give him a hard time about his Patriots. Uh, going down the tubes, <laughs> Tom Brady's career probably hitting a wall. Sure. And Sorry, man. And then I gave him some props for his Red Sox because I guess they won the World Series or something. Something like that. Whatever. All right. Well, um, we're going to sign off for tonight, and all of you stay online for this interview with Jordan Scurry. Uh, Creighton walk-on, Creighton standout, Creighton uh, bench superstar for the Blue Jays. Um, as Matt DeMarinas spends, what, about 20, 15, 20 minutes with Jordan? Uh, I think that's like the basketball portion of it. <laughs> then there's about 10 minutes of nonstop trash right. talk on the Patriots. That so works. So stay, come for the basketball talk, stay for the trash talk. Yeah. Um, if you hate the Patriots, you'll like this podcast. There you go. So anyway, um, really appreciate Matt, you sitting down with Jordan. Um, looking forward to connecting with you next time. Um, if, if you guys listening at home, you gals listening at home, haven't checked out Matt and John's, uh, Blue Jay, um, beat blue jay beat wrap-up show from the green bay game that makes for some uh some great listening ahead of the eight o'clock tip against oklahoma on tuesday night um not sure you guys will do a beat after that though right row game no so just home games uh, we will we will join you next monday no we won't because it's christmas eve gosh we're gonna be off here for a little bit are we this is our last podcast for a while until new year's eve game right yeah, and we won't technically be doing a podcast necessarily during the game. We're not going to do a post game um, for that. We can, do, we can do the Blue Jay beat, you and me. We could do something. We'll figure yeah. something out. Um, karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's karaoke <laughs> during TV timeouts. We just sing Sweet Caroline 15 Yeah, times we really appreciate everybody tuning into all these podcasts. Um, it's been great to be at Script Town here for, uh, for this season, and, and we really appreciate it. So we'll have some announcements coming up in terms of live guests and stuff here in the future so stay tuned to our twitter account facebook account the site whiteandbluereview.com for all that information and make sure um if you can to subscribe for our newsletter we send it out pretty regularly with updates yeah you're gonna want this next one right we got the practice pretty report the bujay beat the bujay bites the primer uh, the for primer the game. yeah yeah there's it's gonna be a lot see, of goodies in this one must read uh this would be like a pre-christmas christmas present for you guys so uh, maybe I'll design it like that with some like boat, some wrapping. Yeah, yeah just like Christmas. A little it'll be our it'll yeah. be our it'll be our holiday letter <laughs> from White and Blue Review. Our holiday update. There we go. All right. So uh, without further ado, Jordan Scurry. You asked your Bears, by the way, Brian. We should get that you. on the record because that doesn't happen very often. The Bears no, like have a stinky try- franchise. And I'm trying to convince. Uh, so I, I booked I booked a hotel for the first weekend of January to go to oh, the you're playoff going, game. Huh? I would like to. You're all in. Um, but He's I also, all in on the Bears run here. 
hey man, I've been waiting eight years. You last time been. they were in the yeah. last time they were in the the playoffs, my my oldest son was in womb. So um, you can't take these playoff appearances lightly. A- have um, you seen like the way the NFC is like shaking out right now? I feel like you guys are pretty hey high up there on the power rankings right now. S- Saints are down by one and a half. If right you now told me the, the Bears were in the Super Bowl in a few weeks, I wouldn't be shocked. No, I don't think yeah. you would be. Um, I'd cry. <laughs> Uh, we'll, have a, we'll have an emotional Blue Jays podcast. So yeah, um, but but funny note about that. So Indianapolis is only a three-hour drive from Chicago, and so if they play that Bears game at Soldier on the Sunday, mm-hmm. might try to weasel my way into Hinkle Fieldhouse and cheer on the Jays uh, down in Indy on okay. that Saturday. So we'll see. It could be you're a WBR gonna be roadie. A, you're going to be in a drunken haze. Could be. At that oh point, man, man, I can't get drunk for that. You can't. Not for. Oh no, God. I gotta remember that stuff. Just get an Uber driver and have there him you take go. you around the country. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like the one guy that caught an Uber and took him all the way out to California. Yeah. It was like eight thousand. Or no, the NFL player that he got a he signed a contract to go to Bill's training camp okay. and he was in Pittsburgh uh-huh. and he didn't have a car, so he paid an Uber driver to take him to where <laughs> the Bills do their uh, see do their training camp. There you go, man. Great that's story. That's your setup. PR right baby. Script town can pay the bill. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Ask nicely. All right. So for all of us at whiteandbluereview.com, everybody here, the good people at Script Town, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, yep. Merry Kwanzaa, all that good stuff. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you stick around for this Jordan Scurry interview and have a good night and go Jays. Hey, Jordan, man. Thanks for taking time sitting down. I, I, your, your class schedule is probably chill right now, though. Yes. Like, you're in yes. break, so... This I could probably waste more of your time now. I think right? this is one of the best times of the year, and I've been telling people because we're out of school. You know, now we just have basketball to focus on. Yeah. Practice all day and some travel, and there's a break in there. We get to go home, so it's a good time. Cool. Um, so let's just go back in time a little bit. Actually, you know what? First mm-hmm. of all, I can't be – got to make this right mm-hmm. before – the Yankees signed Machado and Harper, and, oh, and the Red Sox like chances. Here of we the next go. Decade. I got to congratulate Here you on your Boston Red Sox oh, winning the World you. Series title. I appreciate that. I did not think you had the pitching to pull it off, but David Price had. Uh, he delivered. Uh, maybe it was something I said when I called him an ace, and then he like ended up playing like an ace in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't know why going to that Yankees series. I existence. felt like the Yankees were going to murder him. They did actually. I was worried. But, I was worried about our pitching. Yeah, and as much junk as you were talking about it, I was <laughs> a little bit worried about it. Started to believe some of my. Yeah, I started nonsense. to believe. Yeah, well, and then the way David Price pitched, I forget what game that was. Like going, it was it going into the playoffs or? In, yeah, because the Yankees the rocked it. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The last, the last weekend, weekend of the series. Yeah, season. and then I started yeah. to get nervous, but that, that, no, we were good. He got right. We were good. It he was a hiccup. It was just one. No, hiccup. but you guys had to go through some legit. We had two hiccups. Just legit heavyweights to win that thing. So that was like you didn't yeah, look into it. Yeah, but we kind of so handled two legit heavyweights. Pretty. You did. You did. So I, I got to give pretty you pretty commanding. Pretty commanding. Because I'm pretty sure your pats are not going in that direction. Um, this is our hiccup right now. It's I'm a okay. big, I'm a big Brady fan. It's I think okay. he's the goat, but it's like it's clearly no. This is our. This it's is clearly our, time. That, this like, is our hiccup because this is our. Patriots have never lost two games in a row, like in the Belichick era since in December. Yeah, yeah. That's that doesn't happen. It usually never happens. So yeah, usually. And Brady never. But now and Brady's got two games in a row. Now you're they're like, going to use this. They're going to use this like, to fuel them to get back to the Super Bowl. Oh, you don't. This year, you know. This year, no. Mm-hmm. This care. happens every year. Like, look at the way the playoff picture. Like, it doesn't happen like that. Okay. Man. You guys we'll own the Steelers. We'll see. We'll you see. guys own the Steelers. We'll you see. guys play bad in Miami. It's fine to like. Now the way you lost in Miami was 
something that different. was ridiculous though. that but, shouldn't have been a loss so like so you should have handled that but like you never lose to Pittsburgh I don't care where that game is I wouldn't yeah I would say never. so that, that, you should be alarmed right now I wouldn't be confident about you but congrats on your Red Sox um, you always know how to make. You always good. know how to make a congratulations <laughs> negative. Thanks. It's like a backhanded comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I, like I, congratulations on your yeah. Because it's like here's the jab, and then there's the yeah. you know gotta come over the top of the Good right, setup. So, good yeah. setup. I'll give that to you. You're a boxing guy. You know that's one. <laughs> um, no, let's uh, let's go back in time a little bit here for cool. um, for your team. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, you guys went out on Lincoln, uh, get handled, take Sunday Monday off. Mm-hmm. Come back Tuesday. Just first of all, the film session, watching that, um, from a constructive standpoint, mm-hmm. take us inside that room and what stood out to you um, as far as the things that, that maybe you thought, all right, we got to get better there, got to get better. Like, yeah. obviously, when Nebraska shoots it like they mm-hmm. did, like some of the things you couldn't control, but mm-hmm. like, what stood out to you in terms of the things that you were like, we can control that, we can control that, we can control that? I think like the biggest thing for me. Like looking at the film, and it, like it was just, we thought we were doing things that we weren't doing. Like when we look back at that film, and playing hard, and defending for all thirty-five seconds, and closing out possessions with rebounds, and it's little things. In college, thirty-five. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's good though. I, you should defend for thirty-five because then you get like five extra seconds. Or I'm right. like thinking way back. You it's said let's go up. back in time. Yeah, so yeah. I just <laughs> guess good. I just went back in time. You're good. But anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I really think we just there was a lot of things that we probably thought we were doing, like in finishing out possessions with a box out or making sure we knew where our man was defensively. Um, little things like defensive assignments, like getting back, that I think we missed out on. And like we, like Coach Max said it best, like we know these things, we're just not doing them. And I think that was the one thing we that was our biggest takeaway from the Nebraska game because it was just like to be able to do those things. You need to be able to do them every day in practice mm-hmm. and just stop talking about doing them so that they just become a part of who you are. And I think that's what we've been figuring out as a team. Like, we've been figuring out the little things we need to do to figure out, like, who we are and, like, that forms to our identity. And I think just cleaning up, like, those little things that we saw in film, like those defensive mistakes, has been the biggest thing in trying to prepare for this next game. Either. Was Tuesday's practice uh, probably – if not the one of the most physical practices you've gone through. In your definitely, career, so definitely one of the most physical. But it was also like practices can be physical, but that practical was physical and it was mentally like it, it really like pushed us mentally and like broke a barrier in a sense just because it was like we had to be that physical and also focus, which is maybe one of our problems in the Nebraska game. But I think that's something we're working through, and that's why it was a good practice in that sense because it was something we need to get better at, and I think we did get better at it in that practice. So, so you, you guys obviously can't do that every single no, day because no, no. no one will make it through December. Yeah. But uh, how do you how do you not forget what that feels like um, in terms of bringing it to the game? You know what I mean? Because like. Mm-hmm. That was all kind of preparation, and like here's all the stuff we didn't do on Saturday mm-hmm. that we need to do going forward. But we can't drill it every day. Mm-hmm. We can't put you guys through hell mm-hmm. every single day because you won't have anything left. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it stay embedded uh, to where it's like when the game, when the lights are on, it's muscle memory and not mm-hmm. necessarily things you have to like, you know, write down or talk mm-hmm. about all the time. I think that focus. comes down to it just being a pride thing. Like we've talked so much this year and our team and like with our culture is like how much does it mean to you and in those moments like 
it, you just have to figure out like how much does it mean to you how deep are you gonna dig to be like okay like I might it might be a game and I'm tired and whatever it is but I know what I need to do here and like if that's like being physical like the practice we had and like like going really hard on defense or boxing out a bigger guy or whatever it is it's a pride thing so I think it's like how much does it care to you and how much do you know like believe in yourself that you can do it for your team mm-hmm. and I think that's a point we all just need to get to like we all need to be like understand that we're doing this for each other and then that'll fuel us like I'm saying when the going gets tough that we know we're doing that all for each other and then it helps us did come you, out successful did you see it against Green Bay did you see it all translate uh, not all of it, but I saw parts of it. I, th- I definitely saw a lot of parts of it. The aggression part on defense, I think we were a lot more aggressive on defense. And I think, like, with that, when the going gets tough, because they did go on a little run, they had some very, they had some very talented offensive players. Mm-hmm. I think it just got to a point where we got more connected, whereas in the Nebraska game, I felt like when the going got tough, we, it wasn't that we got like drifted apart or anything like that. It's just that we didn't get more connected because like especially at Nebraska in, tough situations, you in a tough situation you need to come more together. And I actually said to the team, I said to like after the game, I said one of the things I think we after really Green Bay after the Nebraska game, oh, okay. I said one of the things I really think we need to get better at is like I look at a lot of the teams that I think were really successful in like the Big East. And like mm-hmm. you know the teams like Josh Hart's team and Villanova. And I think the one thing that they had that was really good is no like they had an unbelievable ability to win on the road that mm-hmm. year, but they also, when you go on the road, you need like that sense of like togetherness and team in like a hostile environment. And I didn't feel like we had that in Nebraska, and that hurt us a lot because when there's dead balls and there's timeouts and there's those little moments where you need to get things together, or you need to say to somebody like Mitch, who's shooting, he was shooting like seventy percent from three. Were those little moments where you need to be like, you know what, shoot the ball more. Like, you need to find your spots. Like, start to facilitate a little bit. Use your pump fake. Like, those little things that you could say to him. It was hard to say to him because we didn't get, like, we didn't be, get closer together. And we didn't, we didn't come closer together in, like, tough times like that. And I think that's just one thing that we did a better job of, like, in that Green Bay game. Like, obviously not to the extent that it happened in the Nebraska game. But I think, like, that has to be who we are going forward. That when the going gets tough, we get closer and we fall back onto a lot of these things you're saying, like, that we drill in practice. Like, when it's a physical game like that, we need to come together to be like, okay, we've practiced this. Like, we've done this. Like, you're saying Monday's, Tuesday's, Tuesday's practice, sorry. Mm-hmm. Tuesday's practice, how we did it. It's like, when something happens like that in a game, we just need to be able to come to a point where we're like, we've done this. Like, we've gone through this. Now let's, like, get each other's back and let's keep moving forward. So that's where I just think... We show flashes of that, and I just hope that's who we can be going forward this season for sure. What do you uh, – I don't know if you guys watched Oklahoma-USC last night mm-hmm. or anything like that other mm-hmm. night. Um, I guess what stands out to you when you look at them, uh, mm. when you when you try to map out the challenge uh, that you think you'll face mm-hmm. you know, tomorrow Well, it's really cool, too. I know the point guard for Oklahoma, Aaron Clixty. Okay. He, he went to UMaine for four years. He went to Lee School, which is a prep school, and – Maine too All your and we pl- yeah, yeah we played together in New England players so it's cool to see him there really happy for him but they're a really good team and I'm really excited to play them I think it's a good challenge for us and we need it right now for sure do you think um, I don't know if you're thinking about this kind of stuff at all but I mean you guys you guys think you're an NCAA tournament team yes absolutely um, where you were picked and what everybody thinks of you in the preseason wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't in any of your minds uh, no. in September or October when you guys were getting mm-hmm. ready and everything like that do you feel like 
with the way the league is kind of shaking out right now, and it's there's a lot of unknown um, where you don't know where people like a lot of times you guys would go into the Big East thinking we've got like you know twelve chances for quality wins mm-hmm. to get SBA tournament resume to build the SBA tournament resume. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this Oklahoma game is a really big opportunity um, to do that because you're not quite sure how many chances you'll have in the Big East given that it's kind of in transition a little bit this year? Do you Absolutely. feel like there's, there's a lot I of mean, urgency well, in this matchup? I don't, I don't think it's because of the Big East. I think the Big East is still going to shape out to be... Do you? Yeah, I still think it's going to shape out to be like a very good conference and... I think it's still wide open. I think it's still the same as what people had thought before. But I think now it's just like it's actually just a reality and people are seeing how it's playing out. Right. But I just think for us that adds more motivation, though, because it's like if people are saying the league is low, I don't necessarily believe that. But if that's you're going to go with that league is low, mm-hmm. then I, that's even more of more motivation for us to be like, why not? Like, why not us? Why not make a run and push in our league? But to go back to what so you're like, saying. if everybody is resetting the board, why yeah, not? Yeah, if every like, well, like if, your position if everyone like it's just like if everyone is like set like everyone tra- okay everyone's in transition everyone's having a transition year nobody's what they were a couple of years ago it's like okay well that's just an excuse why can't we just strap it up and like try to like win this thing and make a run and finish higher than we were even projected to mm-hmm. but yeah to your previous question though about the. Uh, Oklahoma. I think this is gonna be a huge win for us, and I think it's huge just because if you think Big Twelve too, all the teams yep. that Oklahoma's playing this year, like when you go to Kansas twice and TCU, West Virginia, and so on and so forth. I just think that this win like carries so much more weight as the season's gonna go on. If we were to win the game, and I, I think we have a very good chance to do it, and I think this would really help us for these NCAA tournament goals that we have. And just the season going forward to get us in a good groove. Like this is a good time to like get going in this groove that you want to start playing your best basketball. You know? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like uh, are you guys at that part of the process, or because I know there was a lot of with it, with a young team, mm-hmm. you guys try to like figure out who you are mm-hmm. first before yeah. you before you start reaching or like I guess mapping out goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys want to figure out how to be the best in this gym before you go prove it. Yeah, you know, against teams that you think uh, yeah. are in that conversation with you. I guess, do you feel like you're at a point in the process now where you're getting kind of comfortable uh, with how good you guys can be to the point where you can start, you know, thinking ahead to, like, yeah, this game tomorrow night, if we win it, we're in a good spot to be a postseason team in, in the NCAA tournament and things like that? Or do you, are you still focus on the day-to-day yeah. stuff? Like, how much of that stuff enters your mind? More so day-to-day. It's This is definitely more of a day-to-day process. And even if you, as you've seen in the past two games at, like, Nebraska and then Green Bay, huge differences, whether it's, like, a home-and-away thing, whether it's, like, a personnel thing, whether it's a defensive schemes type of thing. I think we're just trying to take it day-by-day day because mm-hmm. that's the way. I think there's we still have a lot of moving parts, and we still have a, a other things like injuries where guys are going to play more of a role than they have been and I don't know there's I especially from what I've seen in the past few years like seasons can go anyway and this yeah, is the yeah. point in the season where like lineup changes start to happen just because rotation just the nature of just how things go and ma- everything matchups whatever it is and I think that there's like now it could change but it's just about taking it day to day because I think we know each other really really well now as a team like obviously every day we learn each other better as teammates and like players but I think we know each other so well as a team now 
and that's what's kind of helping us take it day by day. But we try not, I, I don't know, I personally try not to look like to these like long goals, like make the NCAA tournament, because I feel like those goals are all just, as long as you take care of what's ahead of you day by day, then that'll fall into place. Gotcha. But I mean, it's definitely, it is something you need to look forward to, but I, I don't think now's the time yet. Definitely not yet. Well, there's probably a lot of, that's yeah. out of your control, yeah, so you probably, is, you probably drive is. yourself crazy doing it there is. this early. Yeah. Um, what do you want for Christmas? What I want for Christmas? Yeah. Man. That's a good question. I want this win. Hopefully, tomorrow. you've already asked. For, you want yeah, the win? Yeah, I hope this win tomorrow is my Christmas present. I'll take two and zero going home for Christmas. That'd be great. Okay. These last two games, I'll take that going home for Christmas. That'd be nice. That'll work. Yeah, that'll work. I'm glad you didn't mention the Patriots because that's like a. Well, I'm not. I'm really not as worried about the Patriots, man, as you think. Well, I mean, you should be, but that's fine. I'm that, really hey, not. I'm really not because like the thing is that I've learned is like Patriots are like. When something bad happens, something good follows. Because, like, after well, you, Spygate, well, the good thing is Super you're playing Bowl. the Bills next. That's the good thing. I mean, the, the yeah, Bills and Jets are next. That's yeah. what the good is. I mean, after that, it's going to be bad. The again. AFC East has always been a pretty good thing for us. <laughs> exactly. But. The AFC East has been like a get-right conference. Yeah. Right, it, helps us get, yeah. It, it helps us get some wins under yeah. our belt. You know, it's but like after a, that, it's probably like a first-round date with Baltimore. So you're like, that's not good either. Well, I'll take Baltimore now, for sure. You'll take Baltimore now? Yeah. The way they're playing now, you want them? Yeah, I mean... Well, the way you're playing now, I well, wouldn't want anybody is, in those play, that playoff nah, picture. Maybe the Browns. Baltimore? They, Come on, man. Baltimore? Like Pittsburgh's barely, Baltimore. Pittsburgh was barely a playoff team. The only thing that worries me about Baltimore is Lamar Jackson. But Yes. But he has. Is Lamar Jackson's going to beat Tom Brady in his first playoff game Listen, ever? Is, Come here's on. Here's what I'm saying to Write you. Write that headline now. Here's, what I'm, hear here's that. what I'm saying to you. First of all, let me just lay it out there straight. I am like a huge Brady fan, have been since he took over from Bledsoe. Like Jackson, I don't think there's Brady anything even. I think he has game. lapped the field in the goat discussion, but that dude is looking like the wall yeah, is smacking yeah. him in the face. He's right he's it's over. He's dragging, man. He's definitely dragging. But he's getting. It's fine though. He doesn't. You don't recover from being old. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. get old and then it's over. With. Yeah, it's time. I, I don't. I don't know. It's time yet. It's because this is when was the first time he ever had two bad games. That's what I'm telling you, it's Jordan. Not, but okay, but like it's two bad games. Like let's, let's in December, in this, but like let's like, that's not Brady bad. Wait, time. Brady bad can, time is like November. I can't, I can't and then talk about done, this. Yet. I can't talk. We have so much season left. We have so much season. That 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 pitch and that that pick in the clutch yesterday was no, not was Tom Brady. Yeah, that wasn't. That's Brady. like that was Tony bad. Romo. Whoa, that's Romo. That hurts. Romo throws you that ball. You can't compare Romo to Brady. Romo throws that That's pick. Like, oh. Brady does not throw that pick. Oh. Come on, okay, there. But that last drive. Roethlisberger threw that, that pick last drive. Year. That last drive, he goes like first play to the thirty. Okay, yeah. he picks up like forty yards on the first play, and then doesn't even get like For close four, up to four that? chances. Yeah. Like when do you ever seen Tom Brady? Need four but Gronk is bad. Gronk is not his best. That's right also now. not good for you. That Gronk is not. You have no. Your but this is the thing. But this Brady is the thing. I don't think tried. you're realizing. I'm saying they're not good right now. But that doesn't mean the they're not going to be good in three weeks. Or what you just mentioned, like playing your best ball, like when yes, yeah, right they're now. playing their worst ball at the wrong time. But you can't there's get right. Time, though. There's, you can't get you right just said we play the Bills and the Jets. That's going to be like a false. Like, That's going to be easy. What do you mean false? A, a win. You heard what was it? Todd Haley who said winning a national football game mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when Todd we, we're going to got fired in like week three this year though. That's okay. So I don't, know, I don't know if it was him. Don't quote so me on for that. Him, don't quote really, me on that. For him, it's really don't hard because he, like, me on he that. went like. Don't quote me on that. All right, I'm just saying. All I'm for trying him, to say, it is really hard. All I'm trying to say is they're going to win these two games. Right, you two wins under your belt. 
now we're on a two-game win streak going into like you got a, you got problems because the Colts are locked in, the Texans are really yeah, good, that was a Chargers game. are really good, Explain, Chiefs I don't know are really the, good. The, the Cowboys just shot an egg like zero right. on the Colts. No, like, yeah, but the AFC's the got the AFC is like passing New England at the moment right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean I've noticed that. I've noticed it's that. okay though. It was like a good twenty-year run, like. You're still it's like one of the best over. dynasties of it's all time. Over. It's okay. over. If Just we, like the Spurs are okay. over in the NBA, like it's coming to an end, man. It's over. I'll hear the Spurs uh, aren't gonna make the playoffs this year. The and, the, and Brady and Belichick are going one and done. Like it's over. It happens. We'll make the playoffs. time is we're undefeated. Make, we're gonna make the playoffs. You will make sure. the playoffs. That's, I mean, if you don't, wow. Yeah. With the Bills and the Jets yeah. left, if you don't make them, come on. You'll never come on this podcast. <laughs> come on, man. we're making the playoffs, obviously. All right. But then I'm telling you, we're gonna make a run. It's what we do every. Year. It's like it's like my, my theory with the Warriors. Now. Not to bring on, the NBA into this. You're three and five but it's on the like road my, this year. But it's like my theory with the Warriors. To be completely honest, like when you're that good of a dynasty and that There's good of a team at this point, like they say, you can't turn winning on and off. Uh, I don't know. When you're that good, like the Warriors right now, everyone's like all oh, worried. There's good, been some though. injuries. Like okay. your, your roster around Brady has been like dropping off for the last few years. No, I agree you just with think, that. Like, Brady I agree with that. Is Brady? I have, my biggest problem too is our defense. Yeah, but I'm also I'm really like I really think they're kicking into gear. Like now is like when we're kicking into gear because we, we shouldn't have lost that Tennessee game. And if we didn't lose that Tennessee game, <laughs> Tennessee game. If we didn't lose that Tennessee game, and but that we just, wasn't even like competitive. But if that's, we just if we didn't back. lose the Tennessee game, all right, and then we just lost to the Steelers, we wouldn't be having this collapse question. Like if we beat the Titans by well, that slim you, margin, just, and then lost to the Steelers, we'd be like, oh. I, I mean, the Dolphins one game. is the inexplicable one because that was a ball, that was ball game. Tannehill was seventy yards away from the end zone. He his arm would have fallen off getting halfway there, and you guys put some junk ass yeah. beat. I don't know what happened. Um, that was an all-time. That was like the I, end of it right there. Yeah. When people will remember the end of Patriots dynasty and the end of Brady, they're going to think about that game. I swear to you, it's going to. That's that was too memorable for it not to be the end. He's not right. gonna, like he's too well, old to recover from that. Like that's just psychologically, that's a huge blow. It is. Because think about football teams; they put all this prep into one game all week yeah, long. You know very what I mean? True, very for it true. to end like that, there's very no. True. There, there, you weren't beating Pittsburgh off of that. And you had to to recover from it. So now you're definitely okay. you're not, now psychologically, everybody in that locker room, even Brady, with yeah. the mistakes he's yeah, made, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guarantee there's doubt. There's definitely, uh, but yeah, but I think that won't last that long. We'll see. I don't think it'll last. What that if long. you What if you split the Jets Bills? You're not going to be feeling good at, at ten and six, right? Ten and six. Split the, yeah. I mean, I won't feel good, but I'm not going to feel bad. We're still the New England Patriots. We're still going to go into the playoffs. And and this is my theory too. Even if we. Even if we end up ten and six or whatever, go into the playoffs, we'll play somebody who's a great matchup for us because you know NFL is kind of rigged for the Patriots. But that's all I'm gonna say. I can end on that. That was the other thing yesterday. Can, you got called for a, a lot of penalties too. Did. So the NFL's like, you know what? We don't think you're the Patriots anymore. We're not gonna give you the penalty. a lot of calls. You got like that was the you first got like normal. Time. That was like we just a normal got, game's just, worth of calls right yeah. there. Like, you know what I mean? The Patriots yeah. got patrioted. It's I almost guess. like Goodell's like, you know what? That's enough. He was just like, you know what? He's like, I like this Patrick Mahomes kid. I think I'm going to push Kansas oh, City over the top don't a little start bit here. With, don't start with this. I think I want to get Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees a don't shot at it. Rivers and Brees this. will probably be in the Super Bowl together for a chance at a ring here. Like, you know. I'd rather see the Rams in the Super Bowl before I saw that. Yeah, they're struggling too. Hey, though, we'd probably let you, let you go. Go do some scout of course, team, maybe. Scout team. I appreciate the time, though, game. Man. 
traveling to Norman today. Yeah, Have a blast. To Norman, Oklahoma. Your this first time, fun. right? Yeah. First time in Norman. I don't know what there is to do in Norman, Oklahoma, but you can play basketball there probably. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that part. Yeah. Maybe I'll try to see what Tyler Murray wants to do. See if he wants to have Kyler Murray. Kyler sorry. Murray. Tyler, not Tyler. Tyler Murray. No. When's the Heisman? You don't even know his name yet. Damn. That's rough. I get, he definitely doesn't want to hang out with me now. <laughs> Sorry, Kyler. He's sorry, Kyler. Sorry, Kyler. I just wanted to. You wish you good luck in your name. I just wanted to hang out with a Heisman winner one day in my life. Yeah, for sure. Now that I ruined his name, it's probably no go. It's all good. Hey, thanks for sitting down, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Good luck tomorrow. All right, let's.